everybody. Welcome in. Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Monday morning, August 15th. Coming to you guys live from the third floor of North Park Building, FairWeeks1.com. Paul Russo, Calvin is over there in my right. Nate Sharman behind the scenes, as always. How's the weekend, boys? Seems shorter than it really felt. but Yeah, it definitely know. went really quick. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. How was your weekend? Tired, you know, short. Need a couple extra hours of sleep. What are you going to do? For sure. I played golf, which in is a stu- shocker. In a stunning turn of events. <laughs> Didn't play that well, but I was out there. So. In, in another stunning turn of events. Eh, it's hard. Golf is hard. Yeah, no, I can't confirm. As, as you decided to properly roast me last week for. so. Um, yeah, so there's um, it, it, it was an interesting week. <clears throat> Excuse me, a tale of a couple of different teams for, for the Mets and the Yankees over the course of the weekend. Um Rochester, Syracuse um, played some good ball. Both teams did, but Rochester able to um, obviously kind of break out a little bit uh, post big losing streak like they did. Um, I know Syracuse dropped their series to Buffalo, but a lot of positives still to take from it. Um, then a couple, you know, other things I want to discuss. You know, I, I know uh, Yankee fans were in the news once again over the weekend a little bit um, regarding IKF, and we're going to touch on that a little bit. As well, but other than that, it, it kind of felt like a a bit of a quiet-ish type weekend, and there's nothing wrong with that. I I think you know, um, you, just the way everything kind of shook out with uh, the trade deadline and and that kind of need the uh, kind of need the little bit of the quiet stuff every now and then. I'd say to to kind of reset and recharge. Yeah, and I feel like we're getting to the point in the season where there's just been so many games, and you kind of just want the postseason to get here. Um, regular season games kind of just drag on. Yeah, we're definitely in the in the definition of the dog days of summer uh, for baseball. So <clears throat> let's jump right in. Let Let's start with the Mets uh, because they um, they're in the middle of of an interesting stretch of games where they face uh, the top two. Well, I guess two of the top three teams in their division. Obviously, they're number one in the NL East. But that being said, uh, they're in the midst of uh, sixteen games in 18 days against uh, both the Phillies and Braves. Uh, the Phillies were in town down in Queens this weekend. Uh, the Mets able to take two of three. Friday night was a 2-1 Philly victory in 10 innings. Noted baseball name Sir Anthony Dominguez picked up the win out of the bullpen 6-3, a 1-4-9 ERA for him. Mike Hal Givens picked up loss 6-3, a 3-6-3 ERA. Now for the Met reliever and David Robertson picked up the save 16th collective on the season. Max Scherzer had the start Friday night, no decision, seven innings pitched, nine hits, uh, single earned run by him and six strikeouts. Uh, Met offense was collectively pretty quiet overall. Uh, Darren Ruff, one for three with a double. Then Mark Hanna went 0 for two, a walk and a sacrifice RBI. Let's bring in the lone Met run of the game. Uh, but if there was a positive, Pretty much was the only negative really throughout the weekend for the Mets was that game in and of itself. Um, and certainly a game like that, um, you know, they did lose one game in the division uh, to the Braves through the weekend. And um, But, you know, that being said, um, if that's your only loss of the weekend to a division rival who um, is kind of, you know, barking down the tail a little bit, and, and riding a lot of momentum, uh, I'd, I'd certainly will put that in the back pocket as something that you may have to deal with every now and then. Take it 
Uh, just on the chin, like I said, that's going to be the only negative of the week, and I think that's a pretty big positive overall. Yeah, that loss wasn't a big deal at all. I mean, uh, that loss actually snapped a six-game win streak, which obviously, you know, you're not going to win every game. Um, there's some positives from the game. Mm-hmm. Scherzer obviously threw the ball well again. Um, but then they bounced back nicely, and that's all you can ask for is just uh, just keep winning series. Yeah, I know um, obviously uh, – We'll bring up a little bit, I think, with this with the game on Saturday here, which was a one nothing Met victory. Jacob Degrom picked up the win there, moves a two and zero one six two ERA. Uh, Aaron Noah took the loss eight and nine now on the year three zero seven ERA, and Shuker Diaz picked up his save as twenty seven. Um, Degrom six innings, two hits allowed, and ten strikeouts. Trevor May a shutout inning in relief, collecting two strikeouts. Pete Alonso one for three, uh, RBI single, which came in the first inning. Um, you know, this is my team that, you know, we've mentioned throughout the year, sometimes the offense can struggle in a little bit of that case on Sunday. That being said, uh, perfect example of allowing, right, that offense or that pitching staff rather to pick up the one side of the ball that is being let down in a way. Yeah, and I feel like that's been the theme though all year. The Mets pitching is always really good. The bullpen might struggle a little bit, but more times than not, the, the pitching's always there. Sometimes it's a question if the offense is there and, that was kind of the case uh, the first two games, but they were able to, you know, get a win on Saturday. So that was a nice bounce back win for them. And it was a little bit of, of in a way, and I, I don't mean to do this, I guess, mockingly in a way. Uh, but you know, obviously, the joke about Degrom through the years has been lack of run support for uh, for him, and a little bit of a uh, similar situation there as well. Obviously, uh, Sunday a six zero victory. Uh, the offense did show up for Chris Bassett, who collected his 10th win on the year, moves to 10 and 7, a 3-2-7 ERA. Zach Wheeler, former Met legend, 11 and 6. Now he took the loss, 2-9-2 ERA. Bassett, five innings, four hits, and five strikeouts. Marcana again, two for four, an RBI and a run scored. And Danny Vogelbaum's one for four, a solo home run for him. Uh, obviously, run support did show up Sunday, ended up being quite the exclamation point to down the Phillies in the rubber match of that series. Yeah, um, as I mentioned the last episode, Daniel Vogelback is just always there. Seems like he's always, honestly, it seems like he's been hitting a lot of home runs. Um, but, yeah, it was just a great uh, addition for them at the deadline. Um, Chris Bassett continues to throw the ball well. Um, Mark Hanna chipping in, another guy that came over uh, from, you know, this year, new guy, just always chipping in. It seems like they're, they just got guys all, all over the order that just contribute. Yeah, and I mean – it. Obviously, you know, we highlight top performers, but I know, you know, AP Alonzo also had an impact Sunday as it brings us going door. So, um, you bring up, obviously, the mention, obviously, that, um, you know, guys coming over, you know, Connell from Oakland with Bassett in that deal, um, Volbach, the midseason trade with Pittsburgh, stuff like that. Um, in addition to what they already have going, I mean, that's that's always a very big positive uh, momentum shift there. Um you know, it's interesting uh, with the Mets, obviously. Um, we keep bringing up, I guess, in, in a sense, really, that, um, you know, how, how they got to get strong played five-member ball. But now they're trending back, for sure, I'd say, at this point, to the way they started the year off. Um, Allegate's strong. Allegate's good. Um, and, you know, we've mentioned this now the past couple weeks in, in bits and pieces, whether it's specifically highlighting Edwin Diaz we're specifically highlighting Daniel Vogelbach. Um, obviously, Pete Alonzo, post-home run derby and all-star break. But um, this is now a team that is really starting to transcend, 
not just the fan base, right, Aaron, to me, not just general baseball fans anymore, but when you're able to grab the attention of a general sport fan at this point, um, that's beyond huge. I mean, obviously, we mentioned kind of the TikTok stuff going on now with Edwin Diaz's walkout music, and now Vogelbach's becoming a little bit of a TikTok social media sensation because of his, I mean, I'll call it because of the size. I am comedic size in nature, the way he's playing baseball. Um, and to me, I, I think when these guys kind of ride that momentum and, and have this kind of backing behind them, it, it tends to be a bit of a hard hard thing to stop. It's a lot of good downhill momentum. Yeah, as I mentioned the other day off uh, air, the Mets are just a lot of headlines with them this year. Normally it's negative headlines. This year it's positive, and it's just it, it's really cool to see that they're finally they've turned the corner after a couple rough years. Um, obviously with uh, you know last year they, they just struggled. Uh, their pitching was always there. Their offense struggled. Lindor struggled, and now everyone just has bounced back nicely. Uh, Buck Showalter's doing a wonderful job, you know, as the manager, and it's just it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, and you bring up a, a good fact too with that is you know the positive headlines out in New York and how are, are associated with the Mets. Um, obviously, we'll touch on the Yankees stuff when we get there, but you know, in the past few years, it, it has been that right. It's been. Um, Typical, you know, the joking Mets meme fashion of, you know, well, they're the Mets, the Lowell Mets. And, again, they, they certainly aren't that this year. Um, and, you know, another thing to touch on, this is something that, you know, the Yankees are dealing with too in a way, right, is the, the deadline moves and or lack thereof in certain situations on both teams that we look at. But um, – Clearly, there is a chemistry within this team that they didn't quite want to maybe bust up and break out or anything like that, uh, and it's clearly, to me, paying dividends. I mean, this is a team that uh, they all pull for each other, all have a lot of fun together. Um, you don't see a ton of, I'd say, negative publicity coming out of that clubhouse at this point. It's a lot of positive vibes and, and positive um at this point, I, I even even go on the content side of things. I mean, the Mets TikTok, um, it, it's kind of funny to follow. You have Eduardo Escobar has kind of become a star of it in a way where it's like, you know, they have the jokingly give me five minutes, you know, tagline with him uh, to come back with an answer or something. So um, that's always something very positive to see. I, I think the, the team camaraderie aspect of it is something that we often overlook sometimes. And to me, with the Mets anyway, for sure, it's been one of the more positive things, really, to keep things going this year. Yeah, I don't think Buck Showalter has had to call any team meetings for, you know, any issues in the clubhouse like the Marlins had. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always good to see. Um, but, yeah, I think everything's just clicking right now, and it's the best time of year to do that. I mean, we're in mid-August, yeah. getting really close to the postseason. So they're in a good spot. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different with um, – with the Marlins and as I call him Donnie, Donnie T-Ball, but you know, it is what it is. All right. Some new Mets news and notes, uh, not as quite as positive as last week with, uh, last week on Friday, but you know, their list is certainly shorter than the Yankees one that we, uh, collect, uh, infielder release Guillaume will be undergoing an MRI today in his groin. Um, heard it yesterday on the scoring play in the first inning, um, he does not personally know how it's going to turn out. He said it progressively got tighter and tighter as the game went on. Uh, thought he'd be fine, but clearly not. Um, we'll touch on uh, who he was given the off day to in a second here. But um, 
Yeah, he's not sure, depending upon how the outcome of the MRI goes, whether or not a trip to the injured list will happen. Uh, Guillaume's kind of been an un- one of the more unsung heroes on this team, really. Former top prospect kind of has had to wade the waters uh, with the Mets a little bit. Um, so hopefully everything goes good with him there. Um, obviously, the aforementioned a little bit, third baseman Eduardo Escobar, he himself is dealing with a left oblique issue. It's tight. He doesn't think it's going to be a big deal. That being said, um, he was held out of the lineup initially on Sunday, had to come in for Guillaume by the end of the game. Um, Eduardo was a switch hitter. Uh, he ended up facing Brad Hand, left-hander reliever for the Phillies, left-handed uh, because of the issue. So uh, he thinks he can stay in the lineup. That being said, uh, the effectiveness certainly probably is not there for uh, one of the better Mets hitters uh, contact-wise this season. Yeah, I totally missed that. How did that add back go? Yeah. Did he strike out? I'm not too sure about that, uh, admittedly. But um, given the fact that it was a 6 nothing ball game when it happened, I wouldn't put too much weight into the uh, equation. I'm just tell him to stand from the right side and just take pitches. Right. Um, positive news for the Mets, though. Right-hand pitcher Tommy Hunter, relievers, began a rehab assignment over the weekend with Double A Binghamton. Right-hand pitcher Drew Smith has started a throwing program, and same with Tyler Magill. He threw his first full bullpen session yesterday. And then um, good news, I think, for this for uh, the cult fans of the Mets here, uh, Travis Jankowski, the outfielder, signed a minor league deal. He'll be reporting to Syracuse at some time this week. Um, again, he'll be acting in outfield depth situations for the Mets at this point. Uh, spent most of the year, really, for Syracuse up until – uh, the Mets needed him a couple different times over, got DFA'd. Seattle took a flyer on him. He got DFA'd there, elected free agency. And uh, the Mets, uh, to me, luckily, given the way he played this year, is uh, coming at least back to the organization. Yeah, and my biggest takeaway from those notes is the two pitchers that they should be getting back uh, probably next month, um, and that'll help their bullpen. Uh, Tyler McGill was obviously a starter, but – I think he'd be a good bullpen piece as well. Well, that's the plan. He will be in the bullpen bullpen once he comes back. Yep. So I think he'll do well in that role, though. And Drew Smith, obviously, is another reliever that they could use. I don't know. I think things are looking good on their side of the injury report, um, as long as the MRI looks good for uh, Guillaume. Mm-hmm. For sure. Obviously, I mentioned it off the top a little bit, but the Mets uh, see a familiar foe to get the week going. They're heading down to the – Atlanta Cobb County area to face the Braves four games to get the week going Braves currently sitting 70 and 46 second in the NL East five and a half back Monday through Thursday matchup tonight a 720 first pitch on SNY Carlos Carrasco will go for the Mets 13 and four on the year 376 ERA and Spencer Strider six and four three and one ERA for the rookie Tuesday 720 first pitch once again also on SNY Taiwan Walker 10 and three a three four three ERA for him be facing against Charlie Morton for the Braves, 5-5, five five, a 4-2-6 ERA. Wednesday night, 7-20 first pitch on SNY. Max Scherzer, 8-2, a 1-9-3 ERA. Going against the recently acquired Jake Odorizzi, 4-4, a 3-8-0 ERA for him. And then Thursday, the final game of the series, 7-20 on SNY. At the moment, Jake DeGrom, 2-0, a 1-6-2 ERA against to be announced for Atlanta. Uh, I don't like phrasing it like this. But the Mets certainly don't need to win this series. They can go and split two and two and be perfectly fine. That being said, it's not the it's not the idea I like kind of carrying through it with it. That being said, I mean the Mets are playing really good ball. 
Atlanta over the weekend, big, big series. They ended up sweeping uh, four games without using any really of the main guys pitching-wise in the starting rotation. So um, it, it's going to be a toss-up. I'm, I'm stuck between 2-2 two and two and Mets going 3-1 and one in it. Uh, I, I think we'll go 2-2, two and two, though. I, I mean, this is a pretty good pitching matchup series across the board. Um, and obviously Thursday, the question mark with who Atlanta might throw – uh, kind of remains in question. Rom gets run support, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'll go with you uh, two or a four game split. Um, I don't know. I just, I honestly think they lose tonight. I think the Braves win tonight, and I think the Braves win Thursday. Mm-hmm. I know Degrom's starting, but I just, I think the run support is an issue. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough. I'm not too sure. Like I said, it, it's going to be interesting. I this is. About as good a series as you can get to start the week, in my mind. Yeah. And it's going four games. That's it, It's big across the board for both teams for different reasons. For sure. All right, let's head over to Yankee land. Rough weekend for the Yankees. Uh, dropping the series in Boston. Uh, only taking one game, and that was on Saturday, which we'll obviously touch on in a minute here. Uh, Friday night, a final in 10 innings. Uh, Boston three, the Yankees two. Garrett Whitlock picked up the win, three and two, a three oh three ERA for him. Lou Trevino picked up the loss, one and seven, a five seven oh ERA for him. Domingo Herman got the start, no decision, going six innings, five hits, giving up one earned run and four strikeouts. Aaron Judgman one for two, a uh, home run, a hit by pitch, two walks, and a stolen back. Anthony Rizzo had an RBI double, going one for five on the day. Um, it kind of ended up being a. St- this same storyline throughout the series, kind of a lack of offense where the pitching kind of really stepped up and, and did their thing, really, to be honest. Um, Except for Clay Holmes. Right. Won't well, save again. <laughs> we could, we'll touch on that in a, in a second as well, obviously. But, um, you know, it, it, it's an interesting spot that the Yankees kind of find themselves in, right? I mean, this kind of goes back to maybe trying to find somebody or get somebody going through – at the uh, trade deadline and not really getting too, too much done in terms of, of maybe pure offense help. But, uh, you know, that being said, um, you know, this is an offense that, that was firing away pretty much on all cylinders at the start of the year and really through up until beginning of July in the past month to month and a half now has just been a, an offensive kind of wonderland where the only bat kind of really being consistent at this point has been Aaron Judge. Yeah, this offense reminds me of April and May when we sat here seeing how bad it was, and then all of a sudden it picked up. It just feels exactly like April all over again. Yeah, I I, I hope that's the case. I It's tough. Obviously, we're in the dog days of summer. Um, we'll, we'll discuss a potential bigger issue with when we get to our news and notes regarding some players. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Saturday... 3-2 Yankee victory over Boston. Overaldis Chapman picks up the win, moves to 1-3, a 3-9-4 ERA for him. John Schreiber, the loss for Boston. He goes to 3-2, a 1-9-1 ERA. Scott Efrost picks up the save for the Yankees, his second on the season. Frankie Montas got the start, no decision. Went five innings, two earned, two walks, and four strikeouts. Uh, before we move forward, I did want to highlight Montas really quick. Good to see him settle in this start. Uh, kind of was shaky out of the gate, but you know that being said, did what he had to do. At least got to the point where, um, you know, he was able to turn it over to the bullpen, leave the Yankees in it, 
um, and kind of move on. But like I said, uh, good to see him more or less settle in this start. Yeah, he was so much better than he was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, he said nerves weren't an issue in his first start. I kind of feel like they might have been. Um, he well, did he, look he, he did look a little rusty too. Yeah. But yeah, it was good to see him, um, you know, bounce back in in a big game. I mean, Yankees and Red Sox, whether the Red Sox are bad or not, it's always a big game with the crowd in it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited actually to see him make his first start at the stadium. Um, I believe in the next series against Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Benintendi one for three with a double, a walk, and two runs scored. Then Isaiah Connor Falefa was the storyline on Saturday, three for four, uh, two run home run, his first home run on the season. And he sacrificed RBI in the ninth inning. Um, we'll touch more on this, obviously, here in a second because it's something I do want to talk about. Uh, but good to see IKF really have a, a highlight day, a banner day for him in the Yankees uh, uniform. Yeah, as I call it, the Isaiah Kiner Falefa game. I mean, he drove in all three runs. If it wasn't for him, um, you know, we wouldn't. Def- we, definition of looking at a three game sweep. Yeah, and it would be another uh, shutout. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's a good game for him. Um, hopefully he gets going. They really do need him to get going. Um, I know a lot of fans have been, you know, talking bad about him and to his family, as you're going to mention, I think, yeah. soon. Yeah. But, yeah, good good game for him. Yeah, we'll talk about that, obviously, uh, once we kind of move on, move past our news and notes. We'll really dive into that for a couple minutes. Uh, and then yesterday on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, Boston 3, the Yankees nothing. Michael Waka, 7-1, a 244 ERA. I didn't realize how actually good he was having a year. Uh, up until he got hurt uh, in June, but you know, credit to Michael Walker. He's honestly uh, not to get too far off track, but when he was with like St. Louis, he was one of my favorite pitchers to kind of watch when he first came up. And um, it, if it wasn't for the fact that to swallow the pill that he's in a Boston uniform, he'd be having a really spectacular year. <laughs> uh, that being said, our guy was having a good year. Jamison Tyone did not to really deserve to get handled the loss here. All things considered, eleven and three. Now on the year, a 3.95 ERA. Garrett Whitlock picked up the save, his fourth. Uh, Tyone went seven innings, six hits, three earned four Ks. Really only had one bad inning. Um, and um, just, again, could not get any offense going. The Yankees only collected two hits. Um, ben Intendi went one for four, and Andujar went one for three. Those are only two hits on the game. So, um, again, just Tyone really kind of picked up the slack for everybody else and had to carry the bearing of uh, – having a loss in the column for him, unfortunately. Yeah, and they didn't even reach base other ways. I mean, they had one walk. Uh, they went 0-for-1 with runners in scoring position. Like, there just was not any traffic on the bases. Like, I think their at-bats all night were just not good. And Waka Besides was, Judge, Judge in the ninth had a good at-bat against Whitlock. Yeah. It was and, like a nine-pitch at-bat. I mean, Waka was perfect through five. Yeah, so, like, it was just didn't seem very competitive. And a couple swings for the Red Sox, it felt like it was kind of over after that. Yeah, Um it's been tough. I mean, the the Red Sox are a team all year that has actually very much so struggled in division. Um, and if it wasn't for one of the more wonkier, you know, every time you really see this is in baseball situations where um, on Thursday they, they beat the Orioles and it was uh, more or less a makeup game um, that um, they would have gone into the weekend series without a division series win on the year they will have been uh, I believe it was 0 and 12 on the year going into that series now they're like 2 and 11 or something like that but um anyway just um look I mean every you mentioned that Kyle I mean every game uh you know for Yankees Red Sox tends to be a big game big big series big games and um it's certainly rough seeing the Yankees kind of struggle out of the gates with these at this point yeah and to be honest we all know they should have won Friday night I don't know 
what to do about Clay Holmes. I see a lot of people saying that he should just take an IL stint and figure out his stuff. Um, I do. I mentioned it earlier uh, podcast that I do think he's being overused. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not used to this workload. But I mean, he faced the seven, eight, nine hitters in the lineup on Friday night and couldn't get through them. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the top of the order and they make him pay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what to do. And um, I'm with you. I don't know if he's necessarily tipping pitches either at this point, but it's a it's a fact that I brought up. You know, a couple different times that was a fact that he's now been. Uh, you know, he's now kind of highlighted being one of the top relievers in the league. Uh, it's a position he's never been in before. Um, I just think, to be honest, I think the notebook, and this is probably a little bit of, you know, in what you're saying as well, I think the notebook's just gotten too thick on him, and he's been, I mean, if you're pitching five out of every seven games now at this point, that's, you know, you're going to get overused, and people are going to see what you got pretty quickly. Yeah, and the problem is, like, I know all this Chapman back to close the role as I talked, but. I just like where Chapman is. I feel like you shouldn't mess with what he's doing right. well. He's in that, like, usually that eighth inning guy, mm-hmm. sometimes in the seventh. I just feel like if you put him back in the closer role, yeah. it's going to change things. And, and this is the part that sucks. I mean, this is this is potentially a spot where we could have seen, and I know he struggled a lot of the game this year before he got hurt, and this guy obviously was really great before he got hurt, but this is probably a spot where we'd probably see Chad Green or Michael King get, get opportunities. Yeah, losing those guys are huge right now. Um the bullpen, it is a concern. I don't know why fans are covering that up. The bullpen is a concern, yep. especially for the postseason. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to need guys to step up. I really would like to see Clark Schmidt back. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I think he's a better option than some of the guys that they have out there. Um, Ron Marinaccio should be back up. Mm-hmm. There's just things that they need to do, and hopefully they'll eventually make the moves. Yeah. Yankees news and notes is a bit thicker than uh, the Mets. Uh, infielder DJ Lemayhu, he's dealing with a so a sore. Right big toe. Apparently, this has been an issue that's popped up since pre-All-Star break. Um, He will have imaging done today, uh, but he himself expects to be in the lineup tonight. Uh, This is a toe that apparently, as I mentioned, uh, been an issue since before the All-Star break. Had a cortisone shot pre-All-Star break during it um, to kind of alleviate some pain that's kind of poked itself back up a little bit here through the weekend. Yeah, see, there's things that we just learned that we had no idea about. That's what I mean. I don't feel like we always know what's always going on. Like, Heron Boone does a great job at covering it. He didn't want this to become a story in the media. But eventually, people found out, and now it's a story. Yeah. Uh, outfielder Giancarlo Stanton will have a full batting practice session today at Yankee Stadium. And if he goes well and they clear him, he should begin a rehab assignment later on this week. Utility man Matt Carpenter will not be putting weight on his left foot for at least another week or two. Uh, he will then have another set of x-rays done to see where progression is uh, roughly around the September 1st mark. Obviously, there's a lot of hope that he will be back uh, for uh, the postseason and, uh, and the season postseason push. Um, outfielder Harrison Bader is alternating wearing a walking boot, uh, which uh, allows him to perform slash not perform, obviously, if he's wearing it or not, uh, weight room activities. Um, first time I think I've ever heard of alternating getting get wearing and not wearing a walking boot uh in in this type of situation yeah it is a, w- a weird update um but it's I, I really do hope they get him back um mid-september like mm-hmm. he's planning um it's, it's, it's just a nice left-handed bat to have even off off the bench yeah and then uh good news i guess in the pitching department here is we have some positive progress out of a bunch of different uh bullpen arms uh right-hand pitcher miguel castro has uh started to play some catch. Uh, they still expect him back sometime in September. Um, 
all of a sudden here lately, uh, Stephen Ridings, a name that you probably have not heard since really April, has began throwing bullpen sessions in Florida and could be sent to the complex at Tampa to do them. Um, if they get him back as well, obviously it's a nice other arm to have coming out of the bullpen. Uh, right hand pitcher Luis Severino threw a flat ground session and is scheduled to throw from a mound today. And then left hand pitcher Zach Britton threw live batting practice about 19 pitches I saw last week. Uh, this week will be a deload phase for him where all he does is pretty much flat ground work. Um, the plan at that point is pretty much do some stuff next week. And if all goes according to plan there, we could see him uh, begin his rehab work at that point. Yeah, adding writings in Britain to the pen mm-hmm. would be uh, definitely a boost. Um, I mean, I know how you feel about Miguel Castro, but it would be nice having him back as well at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, <laughs> I don't know who would be the odd man out. I'm thinking Litke. I'm about to say Litke, at least left-hand-wise. <laughs> but it's just weird that they've hung on to him so long. So I don't know. Maybe they're... Maybe that's a guy I wouldn't, they're obsessed I, with. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let Wandy go, but that's just me. I think Wandy. I mean, Wandy's ERA, all things considered, is still incredibly low. Um, I want to talk about Albert Abreu as well. Why is he not yeah. getting DFA? People are done with him. Well, I, a lot I don't batters. think he can. I don't think you can. I don't think you DFA him. I think you can option. I think he still has one left. Oh, see, I'm hearing that he doesn't have any options. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure, obviously, with the pattern he had with the Rangers and Royals, so I'm yeah. not too sure about I mean, that. He has struggled, uh, but right now I don't think it's the time to make the move considering how like the bullpen is right now. Right. For sure. Um, so let's, before we jump into to this next series, I do want to talk about uh, Isaiah Kainofalefa. Um, the fans, not good <laughs> interactions between him and his uh, family on Twitter, um, threats against his life, um, his parents and life. I know his dad came out over the weekend um, kind of going at John Boy Media as well with it. Um, look, Yankee fans, you know, I'm not going to run away from it. We have a bit of a reputation of not being um, the most kind group in the world when, when things kind of go awry. I mean, you look at, you know, obviously – the start of the year with Joey Gallo and him, you know, more or less the way he was being treated, didn't leave his apartment at all except go to the games. And uh, that's far from the first player that's happened with. Um, you know, Gallo's is probably the most recent one with it. Um, and it's really a shame because Kyra Fuefa, uh throughout the year, obviously, could he be better? Yeah. Uh, but he's been, in all honesty, one of the more consistent players collectively through that lineup, especially towards the bottom half of it, uh, at least to me. I know um, maybe defensively has him in quite the year you don't want from him, and that's okay. That tends to happen. I still would rather have him at short than, say, Glaber, but um, it's it's becoming a bit of an issue again here with, you know, the, the psycho Yankee fans kind of going at these guys and their families. The thing is, I believe the guy that did send the threat to his dad was 16 years old, so that's a problem right there. Yeah. The kid's not raised the right way. But yeah, no matter who you are, how old you how old you are, you should never say that. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with the John Boy media stuff. I've heard of, about it, but I don't get why uh, there's a problem with John Boy media. Well, I think they brought it up, and I don't know if it was on Talking Baseball or Talking Yanks, uh, one of their own podcasts that they do. Um, they were uh, I, they were just more or less going through the stats and saying how it needs to be better, and you know they aren't necessarily wrong. 
in oh, that yeah. way. Not be a big deal at all. But um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that they were doing with Gallo, and um, I just I don't know why fans are going crazy. I know um, it was interesting. I know like Aaron Judge blocked a bunch of the guys over there over the weekend for for whatever reason. I uh, look, I don't know the dynamic that they have between. The Yankees at this point, obviously, I know John Boy, uh, you hear the name John Boy, you think of a couple different things, whether it's, you know, Astros uh, coverage or, or Yankee homerdom at this point, I, I guess would be the best way to kind of describe it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure what they exactly outright said in regards with the stats or anything like that. But uh, certainly, uh, no matter what, at the end of the day, um, the threats are not warranted. These are human beings at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, that's part that I, I kind of try and compartmentalize a little bit with various things, right? I mean, I, uh, I'll use this example in a way, uh, and Nate can add this to the tally for NASCAR references I've used on this podcast before, but uh, a few years ago before the pandemic, I had garage passes for the race weekend down at Richmond, and look, NASCAR drivers in and of themselves are usually pretty fan-friendly, fan right? But the same token, I... I the way I look at it is they're at their job. Like, would you like to have people in your face when you're doing your job or anything like that? You know, at the end of the day, Isaiah Kyrfalefa, whether it's Isaiah Kyrfalefa, Joey Gallo, whoever, right? They're, they're doing their, like, that's their work. That's their job. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't want anybody threatening my life just for doing my job. I can tell you that much. I don't think I understand the hate for his play on the field. It's it's to me like I said it's unwarranted. Yeah, he's batting two sixty nine with a one point six uh, wind yeah. bubble placement. Yeah, I mean for a guy in the, that's going to be projected in the bottom half of your lineup, it's yeah. because you have those advanced stat nerds that love to go go to the advanced stats and it shows that he's not actually what he should be. But at the same time, when they acquired him, you should have known what you were going to get from him. Based I mean, it's on it's not like Aaron Judge; he's not going to hit a billion home runs. Well, the part that I struggle, the part that I that I struggle with here, maybe struggle is not the best term, but in general, Yankee fans, and I'm, I definitely don't see it this way. I mean, I was a very big DD Gregorius uh, supporter. Oh, I, mean, I love DD. You can ask my friends how that usually went. Did he latch on anywhere, by the way? Uh, Philly, he got DFA'd by the Phillies. Yeah, but did he latch on anywhere else? I saw that news, but yeah, okay. But um, Yankee fans post Jeter have this really disillusioned image of what should be at shortstop, um, and it it is what it is. I mean, we as Yankee fans probably were gifted the luxury of having a guy like that for a while. But um, you you hit the nail on the head, right, Nate? Is what more can you ask out of IKF? Not much. He's he's to me, he's doing a job, and to me, in all honesty, a little bit above and beyond. I, I'm not going to see your neck like maybe I'd wouldn't like more of him given his stats from last year. But that being said, it's a bit of an unwinnable situation sometimes when you're doing good and people still expect more out of you. Yeah, I just agree with what Kyle said. It's you're you're getting what you kind of thought you would right. get, and in my opinion. There's more bats to complain about than there is IKF. Uh, I also think it factors into how many people wanted Carlos Correa and or uh, Corey Seager. I think like Brian Cashman not making those um, additions just infuriates them. So when right. Connor Fluffa struggles, that's what they turn to. Why didn't Cashman make that move? Yeah. Why didn't he do that? That's fair. Well, like we yeah. kind of knew why they didn't. They're waiting for their prospects. Mm-hmm. Like that's been known. I don't know what has changed late in the season like why is it such a big deal now we didn't hear about this in april may june 
now we're right. hearing about it. Definitely true. All right, we got to move on here. Yankees uh, hosting the Tampa Bay Rays for three games this week. The Rays 60-53, and 53, third in the AL East, 11 games back, Monday through Wednesday series. Tonight, 7.05, first pitch on yes, to be announced for the Rays. Garrett Cole for the Yankees, 9-4, a 3-3-8 ERA. Tomorrow night, 7.05, first pitch on Amazon Prime Video or TBS. Uh, Jeffrey Springs gets a start for Tampa Bay, 4-3, and three, a 2-5-6 ERA against Nestor Cortez, 9-3, and three, a 2-6-7 ERA. Then Wednesday night, 7.05, first pitch on, yes, Corey Kluber, 7-7, and seven, a 4-4-0 ERA against Domingo Herman, 1-2, a 4-1-8 ERA. Big series again for the Yankees. Um, every series at this point for in division is going to be more amplified at this point to me for them, the way it's gone down. Um, that being said, the Rays have not been quite the Rays this year. This so I'm going to I'm going to go two and one though. I I don't think sweep. I'm going two and one. This is a sweep. I mean, the Rays have no idea who's throwing tonight. Yeah, Cole's on the mound. Cortez tomorrow has been really well over the last month. Yeah. Kluber got rocked his last start, and he's Wednesday. Herman's been throwing the ball well. I just think there's a lot of positives. Yeah. But it all comes down to the offense. Mm. So we'll see how they do. We'll see for sure. All right, before we get out of here, we have to discuss our friends on the throughway, the Rochester Red Wings and the Syracuse Mets. The Red Wings, they're dropping 19 straight. Kind of found a little bit of a mini hot streak here. Yeah, three or four, right? Yeah, three or four to wrap up and uh, do a true split with the Norfolk Tides. Friday was a 12-5 win. Franklin Kaome picked up the win there. He was actually had a no-hitter through his five innings pitch. Uh, and then I'll let you take a, a quick quick trivia guess here who which reliever for the red wings blew the save or blew the uh no hitter for uh on friday night Ooh. Mm. is he former yankee uh yes <laughs> oh, nate's got it i think i know it okay you can fire away tyler clipper oh no no is it louis am i right Luis Avilon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if he was still there. I, I don't enjoy Donkey. I, I don't enjoy Donkey. I just I always struggle when Luis Avilon comes out. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Uh, but, yeah, 12-5 there. Uh, nice win. C.J. Abrams and Alex Call really did a fantastic job. And there was a lot of stolen bags in that game. Uh, the Tides pitching staff did not look back anybody in that game. Saturday was a 5-1 victory for the Red Wings. K. Cavalli got a big win. It's probably career outing to this point at AAA. Seven innings, three hits, an earned run, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. Alex Call again did uh, sh- showed up with his bat, two-run home run. Uh, and then Sunday, a 12-7 loss. The Tides come away victorious over right wings. Matt Harvey got the win. Daniel Ponce de Leon picked up the loss. Uh, Jacob Lou, though, uh, had a pretty good day, two for four, the home run. Uh, John Nagowski picked up a couple hits, and uh, David Dahl picked up a two-RBI double. Um couple news and notes, Andres Machado, Ryan Pitcher, was optioned uh, to Rochester from Washington. Ryan Pitcher, Zach Birdie, is on a rehab assignment with Single A William, Wilmington. Uh, outfielder Colby Wilson has been assigned to Rochester from Single A Wilmington. Outfielder Alex Call was recalled to Washington, and outfielder Josh Palacios was optioned to Rochester. And then it's being reported, there's nothing official just yet, but it's being reported that C.J. Abrams has been called up to Washington with Luis Garcia. Uh, slated to go to the injured list. Yeah, that's uh, exciting if you're a Nationals fan, a 21-year-old shortstop who has had a little uh, experience in the major leagues this year with the Padres. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he hasn't had a ton of games, ton of experience, so it's it's going to be fun to watch. 
Uh, Red Wings are going to be away the next couple weeks. This week they have their week-long series uh, in Worcester against the Red Sox. So we see, uh, look at you, uh, Kyle Evans, reporting the news there uh, last night with C.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was right on top of it. <laughs> Uh, I know they haven't made the official, I've, but everything I've seen, uh, whether it's been from you or I know, I think I saw like an MLB trade rumors to it. I mean, it's it's going to happen. So Credit to Jeff Passon for the news. Passing, first. passing gas. <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse Mets uh, ended up dropping the series to Buffalo Friday. was a 3-1 to one loss. Uh, prospect Jose Buto picked up the loss for the S-Mets. Uh, he went five innings, though, five hits, three earned a walk and two strikeouts. Not bad for your first career AAA start, though. Uh, all things considered, uh, Cisco Alvarez picked up an RBI single. Terrence Gore, the man holding the nine-hole spot in the order, two for three with a stolen bag. So, uh, shout out to Terrence Gore. Saturday, an eight to one Syracuse Met loss. Mike Montgomery got the loss there. Uh, some positives though: Devin Marrero hit a home run and a stolen bag. Mark Vientos uh, went three for four. Good to see his bat really kind of finding that consistent streak. And then Rob's a tran. You see, uh, went. An inning and two-thirds in in relief, only giving up a hit and four strikeouts. Uh, Yesterday on Sunday, a 2-0 loss. Uh, David Pearson picked up the loss there. Uh, Went four innings, eight hits, two earned, two strikeouts, or seven strikeouts and two walks. Brad Beatty had two hits, and Mark Vientos picked up a hit. Um, That being said, I mean, Saturday was really only, like, true blemish through the weekend. Other than that, uh, the S-Mets just really couldn't get any offense consistently going. There were bright spots, as I mentioned, uh, but just nothing to really sustain through a whole ball game. Yeah, and uh, you're going to get those stretches. Um, but, yeah, this kind of looks like the beginning of the year when their offense struggled. But the thing is, their lineup is way different than it was. I think it's just a rough stretch. I think they'll get going eventually again, and uh, they'll start winning more games. Yeah. And for them, they uh, granted the veterans release to right-hand pitcher Justin Dillon and shortstop Sui Wee Lin, uh, a couple guys who were contributors at certain points just haven't gotten their opportunity with the big league club, so they will try and find it elsewhere. Uh, you mentioned, right, I mean, Lin hasn't been in the lineup for a while. I think this was kind of known. This is bound to happen. But, um, you know, both these rosters, ro- uh, rosters for Rochester series kind of been shifting and moving but um i think they're finally trying to get some consistency in both at this point roster wise and hopefully we'll see uh like you mentioned a little bit more improvement and kind of returning back to what uh they'd been doing here past really collective month and a half give or take yeah and honestly i cannot believe mike montgomery is still with the club (laughs) uh the guy is just not an arm it's a veteran arm i know but he's just (laughs) out there just throwing fastballs down the middle true (laughs) i mean they're not very fast either So, uh, I don't know. I just I don't think the guy has it anymore. But I guess, you know, at least it's a starter that you have there. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse, uh, they're on the road this week down in Charlotte taking on the Knights. Um, at uh, really one of the most sneaky good ballparks in America. At, um, I believe they're technically truest park. <laughs> just the, uh, not not the Atlanta one, but in Charlotte. So, um, that's where they will be. And I believe they return home next week. So, um at least the S-Mets will be returning back and playing local ball here within the next few days. Did you have a good time up at Frontier Field on Friday night? I did, Nate. I did. Um, they were the Cocos Locos on Friday night, which was exciting to see. Yeah, it was a really good game, me and Hank. Uh, we missed your presence, Nate. I know um, you you broke Nate or Hank's heart, rather, and um, but that's okay. 
I think there's always next time. I think you might be the bad luck charm because that's the first Red Wing game that uh, I've seen them win in person this year, and you weren't there for it. I guess I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> Sabermetric stats that matter. All right, uh, we will be back to our normal schedule here for the next foreseeable few weeks anyway, to my knowledge, barring uh, Kyle just magically going up to Buffalo and covering the Bills again. But uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be back Thursday this week uh, as normal as we usually do. Um, other than that, can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, they're big baseball games this week, so make sure you tune in and watch. Uh, anything exciting for you guys uh, midweek, midweek uh, this week? Before or? we go quickly, yeah. shout out to the game notes for this one. Paul, normally you go to the Red Wings games on Fridays, right? Yes, correct. Okay, well, they're 9-11 and 11 on Fridays. Ooh. That's probably why you haven't seen a win until That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just want to bring that up real quick. Well, like I said, I blame Nate because it was the first time I'd, he didn't come with me this year, and, you know, we they got the victory. I can take the uh, L on that. I got tough shoulders, Paul. Don't worry. <laughs> well, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. It's not their worst day, though. <laughs> on Wednesdays, they're 4-10. and 10. Oh, that's brutal. Wait, yeah. hold on. How, wait. How are they 4-10 and 10 but on, on on a Wednesday, but 9-11 and 11 on a Friday? What's their best day of the week? Um. Oh, this is series-based. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So, like, in a yep. Ah, Sorry. Understandable. All right. Even more clear. It's all right. You're forgiven. All right, for Kyle Evans, Nate Charman behind the scenes, Paul Russo, uh, if you guys can't watch us live on YouTube here, you can always catch up there anytime, as well as Anchor, Spotify, and other major podcasting platforms. We will see everybody on Thursday. Have an awesome week, everybody. Talk to you then.